Welcome to the Boss Up Podcast, a podcast dedicated to living the good life. I'm Michael Moreno, a 38-year-old business owner, father of three girls, husband, and the Moreno Family Chief Security Officer. And I'm Lindsay Teague Moreno, 39 years old. I'm an author, speaker, mom, and wife. We believe the combination of your marriage, relationships, finances, spirituality, health, and work are the six cornerstones of a good life. As a team, we've explored what it would look like to change everything and demand more in all of these areas. We're about to take you on an audio journey of our story and everything we have learned through the really amazing and shame-filled parts. As a couple, we've been able to shift our mindsets around challenges and see them for what they really are, lessons that will help you build the life that works for you and not the other way around. So grab your partner, life or business, your favorite beverage, and get ready for a dose of reality. Oh. And we love Jesus, but we cuss a little. Now is the time to hide from your kids. Welcome back, everybody, to the Boss Up Podcast. We're so excited to have you back. Today, we're going to be talking to you about the things that we have decided in our life to never again experience. And we hope that we'll be able to impart some wisdom on you guys so that you can make the decision never again to feel a certain way or about something a certain way or experience something the same way again. We want to help you learn what we've learned through our experiences. But first, it's favorite thing time. Today, Michael's favorite thing is... Favorite things. (laughs) So what I love is we have glasses, like, you know, nice glasses for when we have dinner party or people over. Dinner party. When was the last time we had a dinner party? Never. But (laughs) what I did is is Lindsay and I, we got rid of all our cups because there was just cups everywhere. Everywhere. And so we went and we got hydro flasks for every person in our family as well as we went and got the Walmart brand, the Mountain House. I think it's Mount, it some mountain. It has a mountain, has a mountain emblem on it. <laughs> on it. They both work fantastic. So everyone in our house, we have like a screw on lid one, and then we have a regular drinking cup one. And yep. those are our cups. They're stainless steel. We throw them in the dishwasher. I know you say, I know some people are going to bark at us, but that's okay. We throw ours in the dishwasher <laughs> and they're just fine. It works just fine. And, and they're they're great and it's really reduced our cabinet space and we're, we're keeping our drinks cool and are warm and it's awesome. That's I, right. I just love them. That's right. I do too. I love them too. And for your wine, there's a great brand called Corksicle that does a does a good job for actually you're you're using a Corksicle I'm for your drink. actually Corksicle right now, which actually I, I just started using this Corksicle and I'm really you digging like it. it because it actually has like a little rubber and you thing use on the bottom and it's and it stays it doesn't slide what's know? the brand of the coffee cup that you use because he uses a stainless steel coffee <laughs> it's a cup yeti. too. It's a, yeti. a yeti but put the lid on it and then your, keep coffee your coffee or hot. your tea will like two hours it's legit yeah it is legit all right we hope that this uh helps improve your life like it has helped improve ours let's get to the show All right, guys, today we are talking on the things that we have experienced that we said to ourselves, never again. I'm never Never. experiencing that ever again. (laughs) You might have had those when you're face down in a pillow crying a little bit. (laughs) Never again. That hurt, right? That hurt where you're like, I'm not going to do this. Right. So we've had a couple of times in our lives. And I think because of this Corona thing, because of the self-quarantine thing, because we've gone through this like weird situation where Mm -hmm. a lot of people have found themselves out of a job, unable to help themselves, unable to grow or, or make ends meet. That's hard that you, it's hard to see your safe, your way out of. Yeah. 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 A lot of people are scared right now. And a lot of people are afraid and nervous about what's to come. I think there's a lot of anxiety. I can feel the fear in the energy in the air when we go out. 
I'm ready to be done with that. I'm done with the feeling and the energy of fear that's all mm-hmm. around here. I think that doesn't drive change. I don't think fear drives change. So it doesn't. Uh, we'll tell a little bit of story about how, about us overcoming that. And, and we've kind of touched on it a little bit in our story where we told you our story and, yeah. and where we talked about our marriage. But we're going to kind of talk to you about a couple of instances where we, we said to ourselves, never again. And then at the end, I hope that we'll be able to help you guys. We're going to have a discussion about it because we haven't talked about this episode before no. we started. We're going to have a discussion about what we think other people can do right now to make the decision never to have this happen to them again. So whether you're struggling financially, personally, in your business, in your health, in your relationships, spiritually, whatever it is you're struggling with, you can make the decision right now to never feel that again, (laughs) as long as it's within your ability to change, right? You can make the decision never to feel that again, and we hope that we'll be able to help you do that. Yeah, I mean, you have to get to the point where the only option is... Is to change, right? Is to think differently, to do something drastic. That's where we're saying never again. Like yep. Lindsay and I have had some instances where we didn't know the right out, right? We didn't yep. know what the safest out was, what that out looked like, even if there was an out to take. Yep. But we had to get creative with it. And, yep. and I think that's what we're saying. What I'm trying to say right here is, is it has to hurt enough to be able to want to change. Yeah, that's so true. So let's talk about the story that probably connects the most here is the time that we went through the last the recession. last recession in t- 2008. You and I we were nailed. Had had kids and new house that was <laughs> a right brand at new our house. Limit. You know that was right when it was like, <laughs> oh, you could you could mortgage 110 yeah. percent of your loan, right? And we didn't do the ten the extra 10 percent, but we had a mortgage that honestly it was probably it was a struggle. It was stretching us it was a stretch. thin. It, it just wasn't wise of us, but. Honestly, we also didn't have anyone advising us at that time. Yeah, so actually, let's talk about the money then. So at that time, money-wise, our mortgage was about $2,200 every single month. And you had a job, and I had a job when we got that house. We were both bringing in about 50000 bucks every single year. You were more than I. I think I think my take-home was like fifteen sixty. So yeah. that was every two weeks. So yeah. I... I just me, a monthly, barely covered our mortgage. Yeah, so we really depended on both of our incomes. And what do you know? <laughs> Lindsay loses her income. I lose my income, and I'm pregnant, can't get another job, which we talked about. If you did not hear the story, go back to the second episode where we tell you our story. It's called This Is Us, and you can hear about this story a little bit more in, deep, in detail. But they, they, they let you go, quoting the recession. Yep. They still owed us money that... That they actually owed us. They, they still they, owe us. They, they had to reimburse <laughs> us. And they they didn't. Their only words were, get in line. Get in line. Get in line if you want to sue us, get in line. So so we, we have this situation where now we're down to one income and we have some savings because I had been making some decent money yeah. following that. So like we were doing pretty well as far as the amount we were bringing in. I was bringing in more than the 50,000. Like I was bringing up to 100,000 in at that time. Yeah. And then it just stopped without warning and the economy just took a crap. Yeah, and we were trying to pay off debt through that time. It's not like we saw it where yes. it's like, "Oh, let's create that nest egg." We we're both like we have student loans, right? Yeah. We have credit card debt. We just got married like yeah, yeah. we were paying off so much stuff yep and so at that time we finally like i finally had the babies got back into a position where i was bringing money in again and we were barely making ends meet again yeah. and we at one point just sat and looked at each other and said something has to change 
this is not going to be the way that we we never feel this again. By just sitting here and hoping that it changes is well, not the way. It's not going to be our life. Right. I mean, you and I both fought for that. It's not our life. Yeah. And again, my earliest memory, be a great dad, a great husband. And that doesn't mean a mediocre life. Yeah. Yes. We wanted more. And, and so at that point, both of us decided to put out into the universe and start praying for and start... And just uh, manifesting taking it. taking just action on yeah and and putting it out there just saying it out loud you're right Th- this is not working there's more here and we had just had babies and just bought this house and just got married so you can imagine that our parents probably weren't like that's a great idea <laughs> right so there are times when you have to say that person even though they have the best intentions for me they don't know what is actually best for me because if michael and i had not taken the chance to make changes when things were okay when people would have said you're crazy to make that change now we wouldn't be in the position that we're in now so you need to make sure that you're taking other people's opinions about what you should be doing with a grain of salt exactly and i think a lot of people get stuck in with their necessarily their job and they look at their job as the only way to make income Mm -hmm. and I think you've proved that extremely wrong for me because I was that same person. I come from a family where we just we get a job. We stay with the job. You we, go every day. Go you every never day. miss a day. We, we don't call in sick, right? Yes. And, and we thought that really my mindset was that's the only way I can make money yeah. is getting a job. Yeah. And you proved me wrong. I mean, I think you you really started a lot of different ways of thinking through that time have, and that it's just carried us. Yeah. And, and I think... Honestly, I think when you and I first got together, you had that. And for some reason with that, with me, maybe because the way I'm wired and, and just naturally you fell kind of into that slump with me. I don't think that was what it was, though, to be honest with you. I think I changed my mind about having kids. But you were so creative in doing all these freelance stuff, and then you became a corporate person, yeah, which just wasn't I you. wanted stability. So I did and that. Where that got I us. did that because I was like, I need stability. I need something that's steady. Because the paycheck I'm bringing in is not steady. So I can't build a life on something that's not steady. So that's why I went and got the corporate job. But but second of all, I think that I decided I want to be a mom. And and when I decided that, I thought that I had to be a version of a mom. And turn off. And the version of a mom that I know is not a version of a mom who works. Like my mom would tell you that she was super grateful for the opportunity to stay with us when she was little or she would tell you that it's the right thing to do so when i decided oh yeah i can have kids i felt like i was giving up all of that so when i told you i'm ready to have kids it was i'm ready to have kids and choose that over everything else and that was the decision that was hard for me to make it was the giving up that i felt like i had to do so what what, what, so so it was kind of the upbringing maybe society maybe Lead yeah. it to Beaver saying like, oh, once you become a mom, you just wake up before everyone else. Make sure you get your makeup done right. Yeah, I think there's an unwritten rule for women that if you're going to be a mom, you have to do it the traditional way. You have to do it the way that, that society will tell you you have to. And I think there's a lot of pressure, even without the words, to conform. But here, it's... I, I understand that. And, and I also feel we even kind of create that, right? We kind of create the feeling of, like you said, the pressure, right? The pressure of being we a do it. Oh, it's self-inflicted. But 
think of all the times that we broke down. Remember, I would break down the cost of you actually going to work versus staying with the girls. Oh, yes. And, and that's where, financially, that's where sense. again, financially, it's like, yes, wow. it was the right choice. And I felt like somebody has to stay home. It should be me. Michael is better at his job than I was at mine. So when I when I sat and looked like from a corporate standpoint, you were better at your job than I was. Now, I moved up faster than you, but I think that's because I'm the wow. And again, I think the how has a harder time being seen. But eventually the how does get seen. And those people are extremely good employees. They're good at what they do. They've had the experience. They've stuck through the hard stuff. They're going to be very loyal. So you were better in that position. So it was the right decision for me to stay home with the kids until I realized I was making that decision and throwing everything else out and i didn't have to do that i could do both right that's a little segue this is (laughs) this is what we do we just start talking it kind of gets us down these little rabbit holes but it's a good thing for us to get all of our feelings about that time out yeah Uh, you can see how we do this (laughs) this is this is truly unscripted and and how we talk yes so back to what we were saying i was saying that is Lindsay when i first met you Oh, you yeah, were yeah. you were very creative. You were doing freelance scrapbook pages, it's seminars, mm-hmm. all this stuff. And then we met, yes, but you did slow it down even before the kids, right? Yeah. We did get in wedding planning. We were dating and then having the kids. So we got to that point during the recession back in 2008 where everything just kind of fell apart. <laughs> you know, on the economy, <laughs> politics, actually, through yeah, our, our home. Like everything just kind of just, everything just kind of just started right. There was just... It felt like it was us against us. Almost, yeah, you know? and there was a definite tap to make a move to take action. Yeah. And, and there it, wasn't any place for us to take action in Arizona. We're both from correct. there. We both grew up there. We know a million people there. But somehow there was no place for us to take action right away there, which which told me we're, we're moving. And I think it told you the same thing without us without ever us having ever discussed it. it. Yeah, because one day I just... I, without kind of telling Lindsay, I, I just, I knew she was thinking of alternative ways for us to bring in money to survive. And all I could see was the corporate job. And so I put out feelers to people I knew within the university that I was working with. And I got offered a lateral mm-hmm. position with the potential of a faster track of moving up in the company. But it was to the same from. position, the same salary, everything to move from Arizona to Colorado with the girls. Yep. And I but remember I that call. That. I, I was having a smack in the face though, too. Yeah. I had a couple of friends over when you called for that. And I remember immediately knowing that's what we were doing. And I, I how long was it? You, you remember details more than I do. How long was it between the time that we decided we're going to take this lateral move? So I, I gave you and when we left. Yeah. So I called you and I said, Hey, this, this is real potential. And then that night we told your mom, which was like, I think I was, Probably the most scared to tell your mother because I joked with her. I don't remember that at all. I had joked with her that I was going to take brand new babies and we were going to move. And I was joking. And then like (laughs) two months later, it came true. Just like when I first met her for the very first time, I joked with her and said, oh, yeah, Lindsay's just going to move in with me in a month. And I (laughs) thought I was joking. And in a month, Lindsay moved in with me. So, you know, I I, I guess I do manifest my jokes. I don't. That's so, true. but I, we told your mom that night and within two weeks we had our house rented, we were packed and we had moving Moved trucks. Yep. I mean, they, they gave me almost no time to get out there. Yep. I and mean, so we had nine months babies, nine month twins, and we moved to Colorado. 
on the last bit of our savings. And we decided at that time, okay, we'll just float our, we'll have our income from the house that we're renting. Now I know it doesn't cover our mortgage. The mortgage was 20, what did we say? 22, 2300. We have an income of 1600 coming in from our house because at that time the housing market had taken a crap. <laughs> Why not? So it wasn't worth anymore as much as we bought it nine months previously. Of course it wasn't. So, so we're just going to eat it. We're like, all right, we will eat this thousand dollars every single month. It was a little less than that. I mean, we'll eat this 800 bucks every yeah. single month and we'll just, we'll figure it out. Right. Mm-hmm. At that time I had started this eBay business that was actually bringing in a decent amount of money. And I was like, we can make this work. And your car was paid off. We got this, we can do this. So we moved to Colorado from there. We move, we, we float the mortgage for the whole two years that we're in Colorado and your eBay business. We do was, well. eBay was business doing, was taking off now. And, and that's where you got to listen to that. There's more than just a corporate job. Yeah, and, we'll and talk I don't about know, that, we'll talk about end, that yeah, later, yeah. but Lindsay did this eBay business and it was awesome. Yeah. It Keep brought that. in a decent amount of money for us. It helped us a lot. Yeah. So then we get the notice that we're going to be moving to Reno. Michael's gotten a promotion, right? So now we're going to move to Reno. And when we get to Reno, I get there and I think, okay, I'll start my eBay business and my photography business up again. I'll make the ends meet. We're still barely we're getting gonna, by. We're, yeah, we're going to just make ends meet. We'll make it through this time, right? We can do this. And I get there and the eight, the eBay business was not available to me in Reno Correct. like it was in Colorado. And so we again found ourselves in this situation where... I can't get a job because I've got kids at home now that need to be driven to school and be picked I mean, up from they were school. Toddlers. And like, I mean, we had to walk it, the neighborhood it was, it every was day. Wild. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> when you look back at pictures and you're like, "Wow, I can't believe we did that." I was rough. Yeah, it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> it was rough. So, so we struggle in Reno, and it was there that we ended up losing the Arizona house. Yeah, we had to short hard. sell that Arizona house. My mom was a realtor. She had a friend that helped us. And did us a solid and helped us do it at a at a rate that we could actually afford. And put up a good fight though. We held we on did, to it for four years. We held on to that house, but we ended up losing that house in, in Arizona. And we were paying on the difference between those houses again for years. Mm-hmm. For years. And every time we would pay it, I actually had a little bit of a like a this is the right thing and a look how far we've come moment. Yeah. So it was actually, it turned out to be a good thing yeah. for us because it was a good reminder every month. Well, we, we just purposely <laughs> wouldn't even pay it off. Just kind of, yes, just, just, just as paid a re- it so reminder that we could remind ourselves. And two years ago, we, we paid off that difference yep. Yep. that we owed. Yep. So, so that was a time in our life. Like after we lost that house, Michael and I sat down and that was a rough, that was rough on, on us emotionally, financially, it was rough on our relationships. It was rough as parents to keep it together. Mm-hmm. We didn't know anyone there. My mom had died by that time. It was just like, it, it felt was, yeah. very bleak. Yeah, like credit smashed. I mean, yeah. just every everything. You like, started right? antidepressants at yeah, that time, which totally messed up his up entire metabolism. metabolism. And it, didn't we, help. Yeah, that was, we were a mess in Reno for that year. It was really hard. Time. But we sat and we looked at each other and we said, we will not buy a house again until we can do it in cash. Again, that story is in the previous podcast and this is us, but that was a moment where we decided we will never do this I'm not going to feel like this again. again. I'm not going through this feeling. And when I told people we're going to buy a house in cash before we buy again, almost no one said that's a good idea. Not one. <laughs> not actually, that's true. Not one person and, and, said that's a great idea. And honestly, I don't, I don't know if anyone did not kind of chuckle at it. I mean, I mean not to be us. rude, yes, but sure. they just kind of were like, 
oh, wow, you'll never, okay, quote, well, unquote, get the American later. dream, right? Yeah. And and we were like, great, we had a taste of that, and it, cr- and it, and it smashed hurt. us. It hurt me. It broke our heart, right? <laughs> yeah. So we've been there. And so when we get the American dream again, it will be without owing a bank. Yes. And so we set out to do that. We rented houses in the next, all the places that we lived. So we moved from Reno to Seattle, from Seattle to, to Salt Lake, from Salt Lake to downtown Salt Lake, from downtown Salt Lake to La, uh, to Lafayette, Colorado, and then now we're back here in the Denver area. So we we have moved and and done things differently a lot of times out of this one moment where we said we will never feel like this ever again, and that was the day that Michael picked up and decided we're done here in Reno. <laughs> As well, around that same time when we had put it into the universe, we're going to take some chances. We're going to make it so that we never feel this again. Michael also got this this moment of clarity, which we call a God thing, where where we were called to leave Reno and take action again in, in a way that didn't necessarily make sense on yeah, the outside. <laughs> it, it, well, no, it, it didn't make sense to, to anyone. I had put in 10, 11 years with my company and... It was that moment where I said, we're done. We're done. Even if this, if the company won't be there for me, I won't be there for them. Yes. And, and we, we left. We left. Yeah. And, and everybody was like, did. what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you doing that? But we had to take action on what was available to us to change our situation. Yeah. We and we were constantly looking for that. And when I'm not a risk taker. I, I mean, if, yeah, if anyone not. knows me can contest to that, I'm not the risk taker, but these, these didn't even feel They're like not a risk, risk because yeah, not. it was something where I was in a corner. I didn't know compelled. where I was compelled. Yeah. I had, I was compelled to do it. This was my calling. This was, if I'm really truly saying enough is enough, then I got to prove it. Right? Yeah. And this is the time where you say, I doesn't matter how scared I am because believe me, Michael, Michael felt sure about what he was supposed to do, but it wasn't without fear. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Taking your family that's young and struggling financially and saying, we're going to move somewhere else that you've never been before, and I take, it comes with fear. And I take that responsibility of you and the girls severely. I mean, I seriously, I, yeah, you seriously. Do. Yeah. So like I said severely because I, I take it so serious that it's like it. Yes. It will cripple me if I fail you. Yes. Yes. I believe that. So. So this all you, as you can see, one decision leads to the next, leads to the next to get you out of that feeling. If you can put your finger on what it is that you never want to feel again, the right step to get away from that is so clear. It will come to you. You're never stuck. All you are is afraid. I truly believe that stuck is another word for afraid that our brain or our mind uses to trick us into saying, it's not that bad, you're stuck. You don't have the ability to change your situation. You always have the ability to change your situation. We do. Always. We absolutely do. So we made the decision we were never going to do that again. We were never going to feel what it felt like to lose a house. We were never going to feel what it felt like to lose something that was important to us, to fail at something. We're not going to do that that way again by making bad choices. And, and we didn't. And, and now I actually believe that Michael and I have come so far from the people we were at that moment that we will never experience that again if it's within our control. I believe that we have now 
built enough skill that even if we lose everything right now, let's say we lost everything, well, our business goes, everything goes. Number one, we own this house in cash. Yep. Good luck kicking me out of a house that I own free and clear, right? Number two, all we have to do is go get jobs that are like at Costco to stock to be able to keep our family fed, to keep our lights on, and we were we're both willing to do that, right? I'll, I'll even, I'll clean sewers. Yeah, like I said, don't I don't care. care. We'll I do mean, whatever. I love Costco; they got great benefits. It's we're not saying that. I'm right. saying like we will do. We can do it. Literally anything. Anything, and we will. And so now we know with certainty that that our life will not look like that again. And that feels ballsy to say out loud, yeah. but I know with certainty, Michael and I will do whatever we have to, to make our ends meet and to never feel that again. Yeah. I mean, we've taken the steps, like you said, the house or cars, just what we have done. We've taken those steps. So everything that was taken away from us are that, that was, we lost, uh, that we lost or just <laughs> was, was made a bad hurt, decisions right? Out of. Made bad decisions. We corrected those. We made a list of everything. And yep. now if something was to happen again to us, everything that hurt us last time, we've put up protections so that they it won't hurt us again. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that if you are feeling this right now, if you're feeling this, I never want to feel this way again. I didn't know how I was going to feed my kids. I was afraid. I felt alone. I felt uncertain, anxious. I was nervous. I was scared. It made me cry whatever, angry, I don't care what it is. If you yeah. never want to feel that again, you have to make the decision that you won't and then you need to get prepared because this has not happened by accident to it's you. It's not easy and it's, <laughs> it's not- It's going to suck. And it's messy. <laughs> I mean, so it's like, that's where where we say it has to hurt enough. Yeah, and I would say that the best way to do that is through a side hustle. So we told you that we would come back and talk to you about this eBay biz. I want to tell you that, that you're never out of money. Here's another thing. Like, you're just never- never out there's always some way to find a way to make some cash and i did that at one point when i when i was having a hard time making ends meet what can i do i was like all right where can i find something cheap that has value that i can resell or flip where can i find something that i can make better and then flip right and a lot of people will do houses a lot of people make great living on flipping houses but that was too high i needed a lower cost option and so I found that the that the Goodwills in Colorado, they do do one dollar days and all of their stuff is on sale for a dollar. I would go pick up the best stuff I could find at all of the Goodwills throughout northern Colorado in a day. Uh, every Saturday morning, I was up early in the morning. I was out. I was hitting all the stores to get all the good stuff. I would come home. I would measure it. I would list it all. I would ship it all. And then the next week I would go back and do it again. You can find money doing the hard work. Yeah, <laughs> it's there. Okay. You just have to be able to be a little bit scrappy about it. And that business can then lead you to the next business, which leads you to the next business, which leads you to living a life that never goes back to that place again, because you are constantly in pursuit of something bigger and better. You are demanding more from your life now than you were then. Therefore, you make better, more informed, better decisions every single day. Right. Yeah, exactly. So if you need money, if, if the excuse is, I don't have the money to start a side hustle, go find a way like the eBay thing to flip something and do it. You could even find the stuff in your house exactly. right now and exactly. flip it. The things that you haven't worn for the last six months, they're out. The they're gone. The electronics, the, the old phone that you never did anything with, 
All that stuff is out. I mean, you would be surprised what people collect, what they need, what they need even replacement parts for. So even if you have an old, I don't know, printer, put it up there. There might yeah. be somewhere that replaces it. Like Amazon, Facebook Marketplace, yeah. eBay, Craigslist, Craigslist thing, Poshmark. Poshmark. You could even make, I'm getting ready to make a Instagram account with some of your old clothes and stuff in it that you're selling that's connected to you. And then you can send people over there. Yeah, I'm getting ready to do that. With all the Matilda Jane stuff. Simply to get rid of the stuff that my kids have grown out of or that I have grown out of, up or down, either way <laughs> at this point. Or that I'm just no longer wearing anymore. I liked it then. I don't like it anymore. It doesn't, it doesn't fit me anymore. It doesn't suit me anymore. Those things need to go. There's no reason they have to go somewhere and that there's a rule that you have to throw them away or give them away. You can make some money on the stuff that you've already purchased, and that's okay. Yeah. There are plenty of people that are going to say, you should be giving that away. And there are plenty of people that say to me, you should be giving that away. That's fine and great. Maybe that's the right decision for you. But I will always, always be keeping my eyes on. I will never do that again. And therefore, I will do the hard work now to sell this stuff and make some money and therefore use it towards something that's going to elevate my life or push me towards that goal rather than I just want it out of my way. Exactly. I'll do the extra step. Yep. If you want to never feel this way again, it's time to do the extra step. Goodwill makes billions on billions. what people throw out. <laughs> so if that's any indi indication. I mean, our landscape. They do a great job employing people that need jobs. Exactly. No, oh, yeah, oh, for sure. Not, I'm not. They do a great job. Oh, I love Goodwill. I'm yeah. just saying is There's they take there. people's trash and make billions is what i'm saying yes and another our and land you can do that too exactly. instead of goodwill making the money you could make the money exactly. and if you need it then you have to then you you're your goodwill yep that's what they want you to do right yep a another can i give two examples yeah, yeah, yeah. so our landscaper amazing guy right he does he also hangs up christmas lights hard working yeah, he always finds something to he do. told us he had a corporate job but during the recession he lost his job but he had a mower, he had a weed trimmer, a bush, he had all the stuff to do supplies, with his yard. And he started in his own neighborhood. And now what? He just bought two more businesses. He's expanding. He's mm -hmm. doing great. That was born out of the recession mm -hmm. with what he had in his garage. Well, let's shout him out. What's his company name? He's here in Colorado. It's Diggable Designs. Yeah, Diggable Designs. Diggable Designs. Yeah. Uh, and their phone number is 303 525 nine five nine five we always like to shout out people that are doing a good job and diggable designs does a really great job if you're in colorado and you need someone to do your landscape they've they've done an amazing yeah. job for us and they'll put up your christmas lights and take them down yeah on his time. name's mike moore he's he's awesome and then if you are a, a man that likes to do woodworking right we know so many guys yes. that love crafts and women even women. actually i see a lot of amazing women artists doing woodworking but what i'm saying is even if you're just woodworking but you need extra money Almost four months ago, I needed a handyman, and they told me they could come in 12 weeks. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge shortage of people that- Services. Of service needs. So if you're good with tools and fixing things around the house, make yourself available. Mm -hmm. Tons of apps that could connect you with people. I'm telling you, I needed something simple that I ended up doing myself. It was just time consuming yeah. because they told me, yeah, I could do it just in 12 weeks. Yep, yep. So there are still services out there. So what I was saying, yeah, you're great at woodworking. That means you're probably great with tools in your hands so mm -hmm. you can fix things. Mm -hmm. Put yourself out there. Yep. Yep. So as far as the six cornerstones goes, as you guys remember, there's six cornerstones that I believe make a good life. 
And I think when you've decided to make a, make a change in your life to never experience something again or to always experience something, like I would like to, my ultimate goal to always experience joy, even in deep sorrow that I still feel joy. That's one of my goals, right? And so I think when it comes back to the six cornerstones, there are ways to connect every part of your life to this goal. So it's not just like a, hey, I want to own my house outright. And so that's a financial goal. No, no, no. You want to own your house all right because it's a spiritual goal because it's something that you're preying on because it's the right thing to do because being debt free is the right thing to do. It's the right way to live because your relationships matter because you want to provide your kids with an amazing home that you never have to worry about losing because you want to have the experience of them living and growing up in that house because that's where you want to nurture your marriage, right? because that's where you want to get healthy because you can see yourself connecting to your community. It's where you want to build a business because you like where you live because it's, it's a part of you. And so all of the six parts of your life, all the cornerstones all will lead to the thing that you want to run away from or the thing that you, that you don't want in your life that you're not accepting for your life as right and good anymore as fulfilling anymore. And it's not just a one-way street. This is talking about putting and throwing everything that you've got in all the areas of your life into why you want this and to constantly remind yourself of what you never want to experience again. Because if you let it go, it becomes less palpable. You're not going to work as hard if you don't have that feeling of despair right there for you to grab and look at and feel. Do you remember what it felt like when you were in quarantine and you did not know how you were going to feed your kids? Do you remember what it felt like to have to lose that car? Do you remember what it felt like to wonder how am I going to be able to make my rent this month? Never do that again, but it's a whole life change. It's not just one area. No, completely. It's not. And you have to get that. If you hear it in Lindsay's tone, you have to get fired up with it. I mean, and it, it just goes back. If it doesn't hurt, you're not ready. Yeah. And so you're really not going to fulfill it. You're not going to follow through with it, most likely. No. And Tony Robbins will tell you that decisions made in a heightened state, when you're in a heightened state, whether that's despair or mm-hmm. joy, if you make a decision during that heightened state to do something, you, you will, will do it. Do it. Yeah. And we made a decision during some of the hardest time to never feel that again. And you better believe we will never feel that again. We, we've made some hard no's and some hard yeses through that way. I mean, yes. we've had to tell people exactly no and give them the answers they did not want to hear because ultimately it was our goal to never feel that way again. Yep. And it's up to you guys to decide what you want. There's a lot of people that are like, Correct. well, how do I do that? Or how do I get there? I, I can't tell you that. I don't know. I don't know your, your life. I don't know your situation. I can't tell you the right, right choice. But what I can tell you is if you sit and think about your reality now, and you imagine your reality as you want it to be in five years, as you want it to be in 10 years, or as you want it to be in the future, and you ask yourself, what three things can I do right now? I saw this on the TED Talk. What three things can I do right now to get myself closer to that? Your brain will serve you up the answer. Your mind is so powerful. If you simply ask, the answers will be given to you. You just need to sit and get quiet and ask. And we are so afraid of the quiet. Yeah. We're so afraid of what's going to come up to us and all that pain when we sit in the quiet. But that's where the answers are. And and I think what you and I are finding for you and I are getting back into meditation again. And in the quiet, our head's the loudest right now. And stick with it. Because after time, the loudness Mm -hmm. starts to turn down. And and then finally, I would tell you to make sure that you don't do this or you don't feel this or you don't let this escape you without talking to your spouse 
about it without talking to your kids about it. I think it's really important to get out all, all your emotions. Like you need to physically say the words, the things that you're afraid of, the things that you don't want, the things that you that that are not serving you, the things that are not working for you, and why. The feelings that come following those things. What are they? You need to verbalize them to your spouse. And then this needs to be a group goal. Yeah. It can't be just one person's goal to be the safety director. It can't be just the one person's goal to make sure that our kids eat, right? Correct. It has to be a group goal that we're all in on board yeah. with. It's ours is, we, what we tell the girls all the time is, Moreno's. We, we can do, do hard things. Exactly. Yeah. We can do hard things. And our goals are we can do hard things. We can That's do what all the hard things. We start our goals with that as our family. Everything we do, even if it's with our business, it's with our daughters in mind because they they have gone through the struggles with yep. us. Yep. They've gone through the success with us. And they don't get a vote when on most of the decisions. Yeah. But they are brought in on the goals, right? Yeah. And you got to bring your kids in on that as well. And you got to bring your spouse. So because it's a group goal to never feel this way again, because if one person's feeling it and the others aren't, that's a problem and a whole nother subject. So last question here, what would you say? Is there anything in the last month and month and a half since we've been doing the quarantine thing that you feel like I'm never going to do this again? That's changed something for you. Or do you feel like we already did that? I honestly feel extremely prepared. I mean, prepared. I think there's, I think this time around, there's nothing I would I would change. I think you and I, we were ready. We were set for anything. I mean, anything that came our way. I mean, Lindsay and I have made sure of that. I don't I know. I would say one thing. I what, think the one, the one thing, thing that yeah, I that, that I realized, oh, I don't have I don't have this. If something happened here and we had no electricity, something happened and like let's just say infrastructure shuts down. If you're talking what are we about, gonna do? If you're gonna dismiss the safety director no i'm not i'm not i'm talking about books so i realized that i did not have enough literature to teach me the skills that i don't have Uh, i'm not a homesteader i don't i don't grow chickens in my backyard (laughs) i don't i don't have a green thumb like if something happened and i had to feed our kids out of the ground in our backyard i'd have a lot to learn and i realized okay so if i never want to feel that way what do I have to do, right? What do I need to do right now to prepare myself so that I can let that worry go? And for me, I know I can learn anything if I have a book. And so I, I just bought a bunch of books about practical things, things that you can do with your household items, ways that you can make something out of things that you already have. And those are the skills that I would need to learn if something happened and and like our economy really did shut down. That's the one thing that I felt like, oh, this is one thing that I can do right now to prepare us to never feel that yeah. again. No, and, and you're right. I mean, there were there was preparedness things. I think you and I kind of looked at like long term. We weren't. Yeah. We were. We were honestly solid for a month. We were. Maybe even stretching it to three. But when we were kind of like, okay, if this was like a well, dire the toilet situation, paper thing sucked. we actually ran out of toilet paper and paper towels. Well, we were during gone, this. Yeah, because we were. <laughs> well, that I, that's frustrating because we were. We Lindsay and I were on the road up until two days that they put in the the stay at home order we were gone we We were literally gone we did not have groceries and toilet paper i know cry for us but it's just like (laughs) you know we're out there trying to get toilet paper and and we're just like no we like Like, legitimately don't have any at home (laughs) it's the weirdest it was just the most mind-blowing thing that i had to feel extremely weird about 
getting toilet paper for yeah. the family. I don't know. But it was just kind of like long-term effects of just kind of like what you were saying. If if this drug out, could we take care of the necessary everyday, not, yeah, everyday survival needs that we needed to, to camp out if we needed to stretch this for three to six months? Like we um, even did no. some experiments with food and like saving food. Like how could we do if we started like boxing extra leftovers doubling our recipes and then and then making leftovers could we do it and we did we filled up our we whole did. freezer I, I mean <laughs> i i'm thankful of the way i grew up from yes that. michael did uh, teach us a lot growing up on a homestead and freezing everything and eating stuff well past expiration dates <laughs> it, it kind of it just it it kind of brought me back then yeah. and it kind of brought me back to my grandparents that lived through the great depression mm-hmm. i'm not saying that Please don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm just saying that they lived through that, right? So it was kind of like that feeling of nothing goes to waste again, yep. right? There's nothing goes to waste mentality. Yes. Rinsing Ziploc bags. I yeah. mean, that, that's my old school. That That's my childhood, man, until the bag just Can't disintegrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's something to be said for that. I think it's great. And actually, we learned a lot. And we did. We had a great time with our kids. And, and it turned out to be a good thing for us. But I know that a lot of people are struggling. And, and so that kills me. And it does. It does. I I hate to think about someone feeling the way we felt six years ago right now. And I hate to think about people being stuck in a house with anger and fear and that building resentment yeah. with each other and creating fights. Tension. And I just I don't want that. I'm ready for this to be over so we can stop that. I feel like the grounding of being outside and being with other people helps us. <laughs> it's something Connect, that we yeah. need. It's a human relationships human need. are important. So, but it was really nice, and I think a lot of families had an opportunity to be together that maybe would not have. So, and there's some positive that's come out of it. As and, well. and and hopefully, there's more positive than negative, right? Ho- hopefully, there's some healing that even came out. Yep. I and I know. think that everyone will experience exactly what they want. You want to see the positive in it, you will. You want to feel the negative in it, you will. Yeah. And whatever is going to propel you to make the change that's needed, use it. Yeah. If it's the positive or if it's the hurt, for me, I often lean on the hurt. I often learn, lean on the embarrassment and the, the failure and all of the things so that I can say, I don't want to feel that again. And that's okay. That's okay. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. I hope that you feel like you have a little bit more confidence to go and decide you're never going to feel this way again. If you've struggled through these last couple of months, I hope you feel empowered to say you have the ability to never feel that again. Exactly. You have the control. You. You And don't give your control to other people. When people hand off the control, no. Take back your control. You have the control. You can make the change. All right, you guys have a great week. Have a good one. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Boss Up Podcast. We are so excited to share our lives with you every single week. We hope that the content we produce creates in you a desire to live a more happy and fulfilled life, whether that's for your health, for your family, for yourself, or for your marriage. Whatever it's for, we're here for it. Whatever you want from your life, we want that too. If you want more information about us, you can find me on my website at lindsaytm.com or on Instagram. My handle is at lindsayteague. And at Michael R. Moreno. We would love to connect with you guys out in the wild. So come and find us and feel free to email us with any questions that you guys have. Okay, guys, as our final little chat with you guys this afternoon, we're going to do a little would you rather before we before we change up the game. So Michael's got three would you rather questions for me. He's going to put them in his own order. <laughs> well, I, I, I was actually just reading them for the first time here. So I'm a little nervous.
first one is, would you rather lick anything before touching it? Oh, not well, right now. Well-timed. <laughs> or would you rather spend your childhood at Neverland with Michael Jackson? Oh, Neverland. My childhood at Neverland? Yeah. Oh, doing that. Yeah, for sure. I'm doing that. Bring me the tigers and the roller coaster and whatever else he has there. And Michael Jackson, could you sing me some Beat It? (laughs) Weird choice of song. Um, I would pick something else. I don't know. Beat It? Beat It's all right. Beat It's awesome. I want to do the dance. Oh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Just have him do Thriller. Do that. All right. Would you rather have David Blaine... Fuck with you constantly. Oh gosh, I don't like I don't like scary stuff. Okay. Or plastic surgeons in training use you to practice operations. Oh no, I'm not doing that, not doing that because <laughs> I think that everybody that has a bunch of face surgery oh, always looks gosh, the same. Dang. They end up looking that same like lionish. But they're in look, training, like a These cat. Are in training. That's definitely a no. I'll have David Blaine <laughs> all day. He can mess with me all day, and I will just learn. I'll learn to yeah, not be but afraid. Like next thing, like an <laughs> elephant sitting <laughs> on you, or you know, I don't want any of that. You're like bury it alive. Yeah, but he does the weird stuff, David Blaine. He does like the the well, semi scary stuff. But I he think. does the like sitting underwater for an hour yeah, or something, like, right? Weird like stuff, what yeah. if he? Buries, I don't want any of that. What if he buries you and just gives you a straw for? Well, I'd be like really a day, upset. Right? I would be really upset if that was the truth. Then I probably would choose the other one. I'm burying you. I'd probably choose face surgery. <laughs> All right. Would you rather dig a hole to the Earth's upper mantle? <laughs> How far is that? About 21 miles. Oh, God. Or take a year-long vow of silence. Oh, I do the silence. I learn a lot. I'm positive I would learn a lot by never speaking. I do the vow. That would. I think it would ruin my business, but I wouldn't have to climb down 21 miles in the morning to start digging. <laughs> So I choose that. Yeah. How long do you have to? Oh, you have to just basically. You have to to, just do it. Oh, it has to get done. No, I'm taking the silence. I'm taking because I don't think I could do it in a year. I think it would take me longer than a year. Could you dig 21 miles in a year? No. No, I don't think so either. Not through the earth. How long could you? What? How big of a hole? How deep could you dig? You're doing this because I told you the story. (laughs) Me and my cousin always used to try to dig. We used to try to dig to China. Watch Bugs Bunny and then go outside. On the farm <laughs> and try to dig a hole to China. In a year? I, I think I think the most we 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 were able to dig as like nine year olds was about three feet. And that really pissed <laughs> off the grandparents. <laughs> Alright, yeah, I choose that. I choose the silence. Yeah, All I'm right. with you. Alright, you guys have an awesome, awesome week.